Hello and welcome to first sportscast jersey in a while. I hope that you are all doing well and keeping safe following the guidelines as told by the government. It's the only way to stay safe. I'm I'm missing sport uh, so much, but the safety of everybody, including the players and the um, spectators, managers, physios, everyone, it's... The most important thing at the moment, so sport is nothing. In the meantime, I sent across some questions. It's uh, been difficult to get any podcast across at the moment, so I do apologise. But I caught up with Chris Walker from CW Radio, and he has kindly sent over audio answers, so we have some sort of podcast to go out there it's really interesting i really do hope you enjoy it uh for those who don't know he's uh commentated largely in non-league and women's football um he has come onto the jersey scene covering a lot of jersey bulls games this season he also i had the privilege of meeting him last year at a whilst away with a parachute of jersey up in Yorkshire. He's a really nice guy and he is doing wonders for non-league and also the women's game. Uh, so I give him all the credit he deserves on social media when he posts this and I post this. Uh, so he is doing a great job. Uh, I asked him about some of his stories, how he first came into radio, um, if he ever played football in the first place, any sport in the first place, and also his opinions on Jersey Bulls, the season ending, and non-league and women's football in general, everything about it. I hope you enjoy, and I'll hand over to him now to go through the answers. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy. Sportscast Jersey the voice of violence sports. Been a football fan since I was a kid, really. Um, growing up in the 70s, uh, sort of gravitated towards uh, Liverpool. Um, obviously, at the time, the, the team that dominating uh, the domestic game in the UK. And uh, we're winning just about anything and everything. So, sort of naturally became a, yeah, not quite a glory hunter, but it's a. Uh, I think my father's uh, influence of being a Northampton Town supporter um, didn't quite, didn't quite, inf- didn't quite wield that on me. Otherwise, I could easily have been a Northampton fan, I suppose, if I'd been taken to games. But uh, that sort of, you know, watching Liverpool on the telly, sort of, you know, watching Liverpool. Um, never really sort of play. I have played football. Don't get me wrong, but never, not to any sort of a note. I think um, definitely not uh, made it. Didn't make it to like a to a non-league level, shall we say? Uh, my forte was really more. Uh, it's been really more athletics. Um, being uh, finishing, I think finishing third in the Buckinghamshire County Race Walking uh, Championships uh, in 1994 is probably one of my pinnacles. Uh, finishing on the podium in that and uh, in the County Champs over a 10 mile course, and uh, obviously also having competed for my local athletics team, Decorum and Tring, where I live now, um, in the Men's Southern League. So competing. 800 metres, uh, 1500 steeplechase, 
uh, 5,000 and then anything else uh, needs to fill in that uh, my team would need at the time. First thinking of doing commentary, well, I sort of fell into it, really. Um, it just sort of happened. I was doing hospital, I've been doing hospital radio for a couple of years uh, at Hemel Hempstead when um, the, the, the station approached me asking if I'd be interested in commentating on uh, football because the local non-league team, Hemel Hempstead Town, have been in touch and uh, were interested in uh, in uh, having their games broadcast live. Um, so, for some reason, my name came out of the hat. I'm quite glad it did. Uh, I went, yeah, okay, let's have it. Let's give it a go. What have we got to lose? And uh, yeah, doing the first, doing the first, first game, I think 2001. Think it was, I think it was Chesson actually. So a Hertfordshire derby, and they had the old-fashioned, the old handheld lip mics. You know, I wanted the microphones you, you know, with a little special guard you hold right up to your up to your face. And so, you know, holding one of those, the old headset on, old he- uh, the old headphones on, and doing the game, and that was that was quite a quite an experience, and quite enjoyed it. And uh, it sort of things have just gone, you know, from from one thing to another. Um, been doing it for quite, obviously been doing it on and off for a number of years now. Need oh, we're getting on for nearly nearly nineteen years. Uh, just just enjoy it, really, really do enjoy it. Uh, obviously loved, you know, the nickname on Twitter is Motty's Mike. Gives you a little bit of a hint of who one of my one of my heroes is, uh, John Motson. And and again for for Motson, is sort of, sort of his moment came in the seventies, and we'll touch on that uh, a little bit later. Um, but again, he's known for his preparation, and it's and the, and the hours I do on my prep, it's not trying to copy John, but it's the acknowledgement of you need to prepare. And that's uh, quite important. Um, other heroes in the commentating world, believe it or not, quite a fan of Steve Cram. And people go, but he does athletics. But Steve Cram, very, very talented broadcaster. Started off doing football. After finishing being a very, after a very distinguished uh, athletics career. Um, obviously, you uh, yeah, medals for Great Britain as well. Um would you know so he started doing football commentary yes he does the athletics but he also does the curling as well in the win in the winter olympics and that's not easy to do so going from football to athletics to curling and that is something i a tip i got from uh jack nichols uh does the the formula one um and an e and formula e motor racing um it said is you know a tip i got from him was Try you know, don't just stick to one sport. Try and do more. And he's obviously he also does football, and did handball in the London 2012 Olympics. So again, it's you know, commentators like that is trying to be, you know, I'm, I'm quite a fan of those who can do different sports as well. Alan Weeks, I first came across as uh, doing the the figure skating, but Alan Weeks did do was 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 one of the voices on the. Uh, for for BBC when they were doing uh, doing uh, match of the day when that started in the sixties, Kenneth Wollstonehome was the was the was a head presenter, lead presenter. But you'd also have David Coleman would do would do games. Alan Weeks was also involved in commentaries as well. And so those sort of those guys again who can do who then trans sort of, you know David Coleman again. We remember David David Coleman athletics again. So it's that crossover from football and athletics and being able to do other sports. So yeah, so John Watson, David Coleman, big, big, 
big influences for me. Um, I love the non-league football, to be honest. I love, love the non-league game. It's it's something that uh, I remember being said by a, a, a Kings Langley player in the season they stayed up, their very first season in the Southern League, and they'd had they'd come up on the back of three successive promotions in three, you know three literally in three seasons they'd gone from the uh, gone from literally being in the first first you know Division One of the Sarton South Midlands League all the way up to the, the Premier Division of the Southern League, so they'd gone from step six to step three. Um, in a non-league game and uh, a player was Jarrell Johnson and went this is what I like about this club about non-league football so he said this is what I like about Kings Langley we're not a club we're a team we're a community and that that resonated with me and resonates with me and that's another reason why I enjoy the non-league game yes you'll have bright young you know young players you know coming up from development football and youth football getting their chance to represent their local club, you will come across uh, players from, so not from yesteryear, but players who you know who played at a high level who will still keep playing all the way through. You know, to you know, into the into the third, into the late thirties and forties in some cases, and and that's what's just like about non-league football is a, a sort of a rawness, but a sort of a a genuine sort of a, a genuineness about it. And favourite games. Oh blimey! I have commentated on literally hundreds of games over the years. Um, some that f- stick out for me: the two games between Kings Langley and um, Hereford, when Hereford were on their on the yeah, the Phoenix Club on its way back after reforming um, the opening game of the season, and they've got Kings Langley away. So Hereford come to Kings Langley. Langley are two nil up. Um, gone two nil up. Hereford come back, take the lead eight minutes from time, and then concede the equaliser right into stoppage time. That was a, so a three-all draw. That was quite a, quite a big one for me. Um, and then obviously going over to to Hereford to commentate on the away game in the league, commentating at, uh, at Edgar Street, which again has got a bit of a link with with Motson because John Motson, that's the game that everyone sort of remembers him for, the one that sort of catapulted him into the, the nation's consciousness, is that FA Cup game. Ronnie Radford's rocket, and uh, not a lot mentioned about Ricky George, who actually sc- who actually scored the second goal. Um, but um, but say so Ricky George, who was a commentator, say so was a commentator for the local BBC on both those uh, matches with Kings Langley, and so I got to meet him and have a chat with him, and that was quite uh, quite good. And uh, but yeah, also I mean other fo- other games, I think it's other favourite places. Um, Having done football and covered in the women's game as well, I've been lucky enough to uh, to do live games commentary from uh, Goodison Park, uh, home of Everton, um, the Keepmoat Stadium. Although a very cold Keepmoat Stadium at the end of January, end of a January, it was freezing cold. Uh, going up there to Doncaster to commentate on Doncaster Rover Bells against Watford Ladies, that was quite a quite a, an experience. Um, but I say, I mean, as I said. Talking again about the men's and, and women's football, I don't think I can say one's more enjoyable than the other. I I enjoy them both, to be honest. Um, the women's game, what I do enjoy a particular aspect of the women's game is not so much in the games I've covered, shall we say, is not so much surrounding the referee on decisions. Um, 
not an awful lot of rolling around or if someone get you know if he, you someone puts a stern challenge in or there's a foul and someone get you know brought down nine times out of ten the players just get back up to the feet and get on with it but i mean in terms of commentating i find them both of them is, is equally enjoyable i just enjoy commentating and uh, again i part of the commentating as i've done with the, with the, with the broadcast the action's part of it but it's then it's the interaction with people listening um from afar wonderful thing of this internet um but also it's and that's and that's the thing that drawing on drawing on now makes me on to nice to say about the support we get on social media is absolutely fantastic i mean we've just at the point of just doing this this uh interview we've now just topped we'll say we it's the royal week because it's me I just topped 1700 fa- followers on uh, on twitter um we've got to about 160 i think it's about 160 170 on on facebook and you know a rather more modest 50 or 60 on instagram but it's incredible I and mean, it never ceases to amaze me where people tune in from and listen in from it's absolutely unre- unreal to be honest i never thought when I started when I started doing this all the years all those years ago I'd have people listening in from you know Australia USA all over the UK of course and literally there's, there isn't a corner of the world I think that we haven't sort of have reached and and so that is fantastic and again it's I don't do this for plaudits I don't do this for for rewards or awards um but it's it is very pleasing and very satisfying to know that the hours spent prepping all the hours spent travelling because it's you know some of these games aren't just around the corner for me, and and it is all it is all um, recognised and appreciated, both by the clubs, their respective leagues, and of course the fans, those who get, who who can't make it to the games. And again, those who do come to the games, the support again at matches, it's been you know it's been incredible, with you know people coming up to us. You know, we've had I think I've lost count how many people have come up to me and said thanks for what you're doing. Or you know when you do games, you do worry sometimes. There is a you know back of my mind when you're sitting down, whether you're in a press box or a press area or a seat, or you just have to find somewhere to broadcast from. You're worried. Well, I get worried that am I going to drive people mad when they listen to this commentator drone on for two hours in a go? But again, the response from the people in the stadiums and the games those near me have turned around at the end of the game. I really quite enjoyed that. That was quite interesting watching it with you in the background. That was really good. I enjoyed that, and it's and it's all been positive, and that's been absolutely fantastic. And I'd say message from you know if I was to say something, a message from me is thank you very much for your support. It means so much, um, and it's you know it means a lot. So thank you very much. And of course, you know, this season uh, obviously now you know truncated what with the COVID-19, but it's given me a chance to actually broadcast a first, which has been doing the uh, the Jersey Bulls coverage uh, on, on the mainland, uh, the games in England. And also I've been lucky enough that I have seen the, probably the best players of the island uh, represent obviously Jersey Bulls and of course parishes of Jersey side in Canifa, uh James Scott's side. Uh, managed to, I came across them obviously... Um, Last last year, yeah, 2019 in the uh, the Heritage Atlantic Cup up in Yorkshire, and obviously uh, Parishes of Jersey faced Yorkshire on the Saturday, and then faced the Chagos Islands on the Sunday, and I covered both those games, um, 
and also you know Jersey Bulls been able to cover their cover a lot of the away games this season and uh, been very impressed with what I've seen in playing standard um, personally I think Parish is a Jersey again you've got a lot of the Jersey Bulls players again a lot of those players who have already represented Jersey at FA level and so there's an understanding between those players there's a uh, there is that sort of familiarity, not complacency. I wouldn't go. As, I wouldn't say complacency, but it's that familiarity. So you know the player, you know how you'll know your teammates, you'll know how they play, where they're likely to go. In terms on the pitch, so there is that sort of uh, that that stability there, which is obviously seeing Paris as a jersey come rise up through the Kanifa rankings, and I think they will. I think they'll be, you know, when they finally get their chance to make their uh, international debut and Kanifa levels, I think, stand by, because it'll be, I think it'll be good to watch, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. As the Jersey Bulls, I think uh, they will definitely rise through the ranks. Um, looking to obviously emulate, I think the, the plan is to emulate what, you know, emulate and maybe surpass, if possible, what was achieved with Guernsey. Guernsey, you did reach as high as at step three. I think they're currently in the... Division Division One Southeast of the what was the of the Ishmian League, so that's at step four, so that's a couple of levels higher than where Jersey Bulls are currently. Um, but I think yeah, Jersey Bulls, I think they'll definitely do it. I mean, they've steamrolled, or as I called it, bull do, bulls dozed the division this season up until the point of when it was uh, was stopped. So twenty seven wins out of twenty seven matches. Uh, that's the stat. That's the stat. You that's the only stat you need to know. Um, but players, there's a few players I sort of gravitate to uh, with the balls. I've been quite impressed with you and Van der Vliet in goal uh, this season. Quite a commanding goalkeeper. Very, very impressed uh, at the back. James Kerry and, of course, uh, the Silver Fox, as I dubbed him, Luke Campbell, which uh, the, the standing joke being that Luke Campbell's actually 18 years younger than me. Um, so it's a silver, you know, silver Fox, but he's uh, sort of a... Sort of I think he sort of rolled with that and uh, enjoys that. And Daryl Wilson's been one that I've been quite uh, quite impressed with. Uh, centre forwards, very impressed with his hold-up play. So big, tall, strong player, very difficult to muscle off a ball. But again, you know his hold-up play. He's scored quite a few goals this season, but his hold-up play works very perfectly with uh, one of my favourites. I've dubbed him the Hitman, Carl Hines. And it's and it is the point that a lot of the fans now say, "Oh, the hitman scored again today." And it just it was just something just came out with it. It just came heat at the moment, just came out with it, and it sort of stuck. Um, so quite impressed with Carl Hines. And again, I don't think any sort of mention of players can be complete without mentioning the the heroics and the, the impressive record of Jay Giles. I mean, hadn't missed a single league game this season, and that is very impressive. Uh, so. Again, um, consistency at left back, and uh, one of the, I think one of the th- three or four players now to have scored from the penalty spot this season for Jersey Bulls. But I say Jay Giles again, all cracking lads to chat to, and the whole team have been have, have welcomed me on board as well. And that's another thing: the players have been supportive in what we what I've been doing as well. Favorite Bulls game this season? Oh, wow! Um, it's been some close ones. Obviously, the, the narrow 1-0 win uh, against Tooting Beck. Um, that with Ruben Mendes' header. A lovely looping header. 
just outside the area. That was a quite a, a special game, a tight game, the top two duking it out, so it was always going to be tight. Uh, that was the, one, the game that sticks in my mind. Another one has got to be the the thumping, the 6-0 thumping at the start of the season, the first away game, which I think would have been the second game in for the league campaign when they took when the, the Bulls took on uh, Deportivo uh, Galicia in uh, in West London, literally about a mile and a half away from Terminal 5 at Heathrow. And uh, it was just a ruthless performance, and not a night, uh, a midweek, a night game. And again, very memorable for witnessing the first goals away from Jersey that uh, the Bulls had scored. Luke Campbell getting the first ever away, uh, first ever away goal. I think it's just only two minutes on the clock. I think mean, corner came in from the right hand side. Luke Campbell come rises up in the box and steers the ball into the fo- steers the ball through. The keeper had no chance at all. Straight through the keeper, uh, and that was that was quite memorable as well for me this season. Um, but again, the season, as we know, is curtailed because of COVID nineteen. Um, a lot of uh, discussion, and I think it will be still be debated to years to come. I think, if anything, I think finishing the season, I think was going to ha- I think it was probably going to happen at some stage if I couldn't play. Um, I personally think that maybe the decision was rushed and maybe the fact that there now seems to be um, a disjointed decision there seems to be different rules it seems to be different ideas are being applied to different elements of the game whether it be like the the professional game the premiership and the EFL maybe there seems to be one rule for them and different seems to be a different sort of a rule or something different being applied to National League and then something different for steps 3 to 7 if you're going to make a decision it has to be across the board um, I think as much as I'd like to see the game continue I think under the current climate I don't think that was possible but it's how you end the season a um, couple of lines of thought on that one do you just think okay if you've got some teams have played more games than other than others maybe just look at the one line of thinking could have been okay let's just think you've played 30 games you've played 28 you've played 27 you've played 29 do you just take the first 27 games and then do the, the league as that or do you just think just stop okay we're going to stop the season as it is I don't think nulling and voiding it is the right decision because that to me undermines non-league football undermines football because you're effectively taking those achievements and you're just saying they didn't happen so that for argument's sake that means that Luke Campbell's first away goal didn't happen the 27 straight wins for Jersey Bulls didn't happen um, and I think that's I think that's harsh I think that's very harsh and I think that's very detrimental um, can have a very oh, I think that will have a profound effect if that null and void does still stand depending what happens with uh, other decisions going forward in the game I think if that does still stand I think that will have I think that can I think that's going to hurt the game irreparably unfortunately um, I, as I said I think probably going forward I think as you know if I couldn't continue or at least wait till uh, a point of when it was fine to continue if you know if it if a decision would have been okay let's carry on or Let's suspend the game till we are able, till it's safe to play. 
and then maybe just finish the season then. And obviously people have said, well, what about if it's into next season? Okay, why not? You know, I think, you know, I think points per game system, there's always going to be someone with, with whatever method you apply to try and, you know, okay, stopping the season. Okay, we'll stop the season. Okay, I don't don't disagree with that. Stop the season, fine. But then how do you then determine who goes up, who goes down? Whatever decision you make isn't going to please everybody. Someone's going to be, there's going to be teams maybe who are struggling, who think they you know, aren't going to be happy. There'll be those up looking for promotion, won't be happy if they're denied it. Those who get relegated, no one wants to get relegated, obviously. Um, but obviously some's got to go up, some's got to go down. But part of what I was thinking, part of my mindset had been, okay, finish the season when it's safe to do so. If that is into next season's schedule, so be it. Finish this season. Finish this season. Get twenty twenty get you know, get sorry, get nineteen twenty done. Get it done. Then why not if you have pending what schedule would have been left from next season, what game time's left? Do a sort of mini competition. Play each other once in your division. Don't play home and away. And by doing that, you know, you're then still getting football, still getting game time. But then that means that you're probably playing for an interim trophy or something. I mean, yes, that people might say it might mean a bit meaningless because you're not really playing for anything. But people just want to watch football. Players want to play. People want to watch. Um, and there is a precedent to this in a way. When the women's game aligned itself from the summer season it used to play in there was a gap when they finished in when they, you know, they sort of finished finishing around about March time and then they, they actually held what they called the spring series which was a transition league in that term wise in that what it meant what I mean by that was it was a, an interim league um, so basically everyone there wasn't anyone going up or down but it was used as a way of people still got players got more game time Fans got to see more football, and it meant that that then brought that football carried on. And then when they got when they finished, probably finished about uh, finished about May. I think it finished in about July. I think, I think it finished in about uh, July time in the end. And so there was a little bit of July August time, a little bit of time finished just in time to get ready for the start of the new season when the women's game then started alongside the men's game for the first time so I think there's a way going forward for that and to anyone out there who've, who's got any idea, any uh, ambitions of commentating um, tips well again we already touched on what Jack Nichols came out with me try not to stick to just one sport if you can do other sports do do it I've done a bit of basketball in my time as well um, and I'm always quite open to trying other sports and try and push myself um, and I think if there's a tip if I can give two tips to anyone else, be yourself. Be yourself. Um, when I first com- started commentating, I was being asked, what style are you going to do it in? Who will you do it as? Well, do it as me. And I think that's important, to be yourself as best you can. Um, and again, prepare. Prepare. Do your homework. Do your, do your, do your prep. Go in, you know, There's nothing worse than going into the game not knowing anything about any of the players or not knowing anything about where you are. And as I said before, John Motson, very, very uh, famed uh, for his for his uh, noteboards. Uh, Peter Drury, 
uh, commentator who lives up near me. He lives in, in, in the next town on for me here in Hemel. And, uh, well, you know, Peter, again, is very famed for his notes. And he's got literally sheets and sheets and sheets of hand, handwritten notes, lots of stats and facts. And he'll turn up with like six or seven sheets at least for game, for just a game. I'm famous for turning up now with my clipboards with a clipboard on information on the home team, clipboard on information on the away team, a clipboard on uh, information and stats and bits and info on where the game's being played. So it's like a bit of history in the area. Future plans? Well, when we've, well I'm currently keeping busy because uh, I've been actually lucky enough to actually uh, get, sort of get away with it, shall we say, actually commentating on the Belarusian Premier League. That's going on at the moment. Again, we're not sure for how much longer because of uh, growing concerns in the in Belarus over COVID-19. Um, but obviously, doing that, I've uh, been doing commentary and doing the games on that, and that's gone down well. Uh, with a lot of English fans now who are looking, obviously looking for looking for games, looking for football to watch, and quite a lot of people are just there listening to the audio commentary. Uh, quite a few are. Uh, Sort of watching, uh, watching, watching the football on uh, one of the various media platforms, whether it be YouTube or MyKuju or or whatever's around. Or some will be watching the game and then just having me open in the background, uh, listening to my commentary over what they're watching, and uh, that's gone down quite well. I've uh, also been doing some commentaries and games in uh, Nicaragua and uh, Tajikistan. So uh, far flung outposts, not ones that I'd uh, commentated on before, but. Uh, I'm enjoying it, and uh, that's just trying to keep me just ticking over, just trying to keep going. Obviously, the lifelong ambition is to do this professionally as a career. Um, you never know. There's uh, there is there's hope for anyone and everyone, so uh, you never know. I mean, obviously, uh, with uh, this year's plans uh, ripped up and asunder, meant that uh, my eagerly anticipated uh, foreign trip to Macedonia for the Kanitha World Football Cup has gone up and gone up the wall and that would have given me an opportunity to uh, commentate on uh, Paris of the Jersey because they were in the same group as the Chagos Islands uh, Kurdistan and of course Panjab Panjab and the Chagos Islands who have commentated on quite regularly in the last couple of years as well as Jersey and Yorkshire and Surrey so I do still still going to carry on doing the Kanitha coverage and um, I'm looking to do that as well, and obviously uh, next year, 2021, will be a big one for me now. Looking, at, obviously, with uh, one eye on uh, potentially the Kanifa European Championships, if that does go ahead, but also one eye on uh, Guernsey in July, because it's the uh, Island Games. And having uh, done the Inter-Island Games football in Anglesey last year, um, I think there's going to be, uh, I, I do want to, hopefully I'll be able to, uh, gain access and accreditation to that one in Guernsey and do the football and hopefully be able to uh, hopefully be able to uh, do that one so uh, fingers crossed of course as always you can find uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Motty's Mike and I think that was someone just there as you heard yeah note to self turn off your mobile phone when you're doing anything um, also <laughs> you can find it on uh, social on, uh, Inst- on Instagram at CW Sport Radio on Facebook, the best thing to do is go to the main website www.cwsportradio.com. One plan that uh, we're trying to get done is that with a storage issue on the website now, is we haven't got a lot of this year's games 
to listen back to. So we're now looking and sort of investigating the way, looking into maybe putting them as podcasts so you, people can listen back to them. Um, so we're trying to, we're looking at that as an option and see how we go. And obviously, the future plan is to you know get a bit of sponsorship on some of the broadcasts, which we've had one or two games, just try and get a bit more. But hopefully be able to continue covering Jersey Bulls and, and covering the non-league game and covering women's football. Um, we've got a potentially a, a link up uh, link up with a, a step three women's team for uh, next season. And say we again, it's the Royal We. But uh, I just want to keep carrying on what we do, what I'm doing, and um, and hopefully you lend, hope I'll enjoy what I do, and hopefully uh, I'll keep enjoying what I do, and hopefully you'll keep enjoying listening to it. So. Uh, well, there you go. Thanks so much for listening and uh, thanks for your support and uh, long may it continue. That was Chris Walker. Um, some excellent stories in there. And you can tell he's a radio star uh, from how he spoke and how he came across during that interview. Probably strange for him being on the other side of um, questions, but it was really enjoyable. And I would like to say a big thank you to Chris for coming on the show and agreeing to help do a programme. A big thank you to him. Go follow his social media. Go listen to his shows, commentaries. Please do like, retweet this podcast. Uh, The more people who listen to it, the better to see the wonderful Chris Walker in action talking about all of his favourite memories. In the meantime, if you do want to be on Sportscast Jersey, have good stories to tell and really want to promote either a sport a team an individual yourself then don't hesitate to message i hope you enjoyed that i hope it was a good little distraction and hopefully see you soon thank you guys sportscast jersey the voice of violence sport